Welcome again to the South Edmonton Church of Christ Wednesday Bible study covering the book of Hebrews. In this video, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 3. Now, the main theme, if you have to kind of put a title on it, on this whole chapter, is going to be that Jesus is greater than Moses. And we're going to see that in several different ways, actually, how Jesus is greater uh, and, you know, was greater than Moses as well. Now, this is something that the Jewish people, even reading in the Old Testament, uh, they kind of knew something like this was going to happen. They didn't exactly always know how it would look, but they did have a heads up. For instance, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 17 through 19, we read this whenever the Lord spoke to Moses. We read, the Lord said to Moses, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. So here in this passage, uh, they knew that there was going to be another prophet that rose up like Moses. Now, the significance of Jesus being greater than Moses, I mean, we, we've got to take this into consideration because think about it. Who is like the greatest character in the Old Testament? You know, I mean, sometimes we might go to Abraham. Okay, and I get you because, I mean, you look at it and he's like the first really faithful person that we uh, that we see in the Bible who whose story continues on. Um, you have Noah, who I who I do really like. And I mean, I think he's he's a great example. So, I mean, there's a few different people we might be able to talk about. Um, however, the ones that tend to come out on top, kind of a little bit of a toss up and maybe I guess between Abraham and then Moses, because uh, let's face it. Uh, even Abraham and his whole family, uh, Abraham was great, and he really did a wonderful job of serving God, and he serves as a wonderful example to us. However, even the story that we read about when we read Abraham's story is within the book of Genesis. And guess what? The book of Genesis is known as part of the law of who? Well, sometimes we call it the law of God, but let's face it, a lot of times those first five books are kind of referred to as the law of Moses. So even Abraham has ties back to Moses. Uh, so many Hebrew people, they consider Moses one of the greatest, if not perhaps the greatest person in the Old Testament. So making a statement that Jesus is greater than Moses, while for you and for me, you know, yes, okay, we get that. Jesus is greater than Moses. We know that Jesus, he's the son of God. He's the son of man. He did wonderful things even better than what Moses did. I mean, he is God in the flesh. We get that. However, to the Jewish people, this was a big deal. I mean, this is, this is, you know, a really big deal to say that Jesus is greater than Moses. He changes everything. And we see glimpses of this even in the gospel message, because sometimes uh, people will be talking about the prophet. You know, they will say the prophet. And if you pay attention, a lot of times that prophet will be capitalized in your Bibles, though that might depend on your translation. Um, even John the Baptist in John chapter one, he was asked, are you, are you the prophet? You know, he was also asked, are you Elijah? But he was asked, are you the prophet? That this is what it comes back to this passage here in Deuteronomy 18. So this is a really big deal. And this is a very important chapter. So let's dive in together and let's see how Jesus is greater than Moses. This is also going to be a theme that will carry on um, and pick back up later in the book of, of Hebrews as well. But now we're going to dive into it a little bit here in this chapter. So Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, if you will. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, 
whom we acknowledged as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and our hope in which we glory. Uh, so as we look at these verses already, we see several different ways in which Jesus is greater than Moses. We do see this call early on to fix our thoughts, to fix our minds upon Jesus. You know, what does that look like? Well, I believe on a daily basis, what that would look like is everything that we think about, every type of bit of information that we come in, we process it through the lens of Jesus. This might go back to the concept of these, these bracelets years ago that, uh, uh, that would say WWJD. You might even see those every once in a while now. And uh, now a lot of times those are maybe uh, put on, on t-shirts or other things like that. But at, at some point I do remember, especially as I was a kid, those bracelets that you could wear that would say WWJD. And that stands for what would Jesus do? In many ways, the Hebrew writer is saying a similar thing right here about fixing your thoughts on Jesus. Th that's what it is all about. These things that everything that we take in We've got to filter it through who Jesus was and really who Jesus is. Everything that we do needs to be focused on, on Jesus. He is called our apostle. He's also called our high priest. Both of these are going to be themes that we'll pick up on later. They, they appear here in verse 1 in this chapter, uh, but they're going to get into a lot greater detail later. And I know that I keep saying that, that we're going to get into greater detail, but the Hebrew writer really does give us these hints along the way. He's kind of laying a foundation to show us these are wonderful topics. These are deep topics. I want to introduce you to them, but we're going to dive into them later. But these are an introduction. So he is our apostle. He is our high priest. We see in verse 3 that he is specifically um, called that he has greater honor than Moses. Why does he have greater honor than Moses? He's compared to a builder. I mean, think about it. Uh, what's, what's better, uh, the house that the builder builds or the builder himself who builds the house? You see that it comes down to, of course, it's the one who builds it. And ultimately, what we see is that God is the builder of everything. So it really does come back to him. Uh, we see in verses 5 and 6, there's a contrast that Moses, he was faithful as a servant. And just like we are called to be faithful as a servant as well. However, Christ is different. Christ was not just a servant. Now, was he a servant? Yeah. I mean, we see that he was a servant. He was a very obedient servant. And we've looked at passages like that, uh, not, not too many weeks ago even. But yet, Christ is more than that. Moses was faithful as a servant, but in verse 6, but Christ is faithful as a son. There is a difference between a servant and a son. You know, the son is part of the family, and he's also kind of, in a physical sense at least, he's going to carry on the, the family business, so to speak. He, are, he is in charge of this house. Well, what does it come to whenever we talk about the house of God? In verse 6, we get that definition that we are his house. So if you want to know that Christ is faithful son over God's house, well, that means he's a faithful son over us. He's the one who is our head. He is the one who is uh, the son of God. But, you know, we answer uh, to him and we are this house of God. 
It's one of the beautiful images that picks up about what the church is. You know, the church is many things. Uh, we are a family. That was that was kind of mentioned in uh, the previous chapter. But in this chapter now, we see the church is not just the family of God, not just brothers and sisters, which let's also recognize this. Go back to verse one. When you look up there at verse one, you see that, that uh, they are called holy brothers and sisters. We still see family being talked about here. So we see this with the holy brothers and sisters. So we have this family connection. We as the church, we are the family. But also in verse six down here, we see that we are the house of God. What's the purpose of a house? It's where you live. You know, it's where you dwell. God now dwells within us. He dwells among us. That's very important for us to grasp that we live in a different time than they did in the Old Testament. Um, yes, in the Old Testament, God lived among his people by dwelling in the tabernacle or the temple. However, now in the New Testament, we ourselves, we are the temple. We are the body of Christ. We are the house that Christ resides in and that he is over. So we need to act accordingly. Let's keep looking because there's even more ways that Jesus is greater than Moses. And we're going to take a look at those. Now, Hebrews chapter three, verses seven through eleven. Now, this is going to be a quotation uh, from one of the Psalms, Psalm 95, to be exact. Verse seven. So as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and, were, and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. This is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I decided on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So those are the words that that uh, God says about that nation, that nation who went through that testing in the wilderness, that time of testing. Uh, it starts off with a call about today. Today we are called not to harden our hearts. Uh, they have hardened their hearts in times past. You know, sometimes the children of God, they chose to do that. They chose to harden their hearts. You know, in that story, it wasn't just Pharaoh whose heart was hardened. No, actually, the, the Israelites themselves, the ones who were faithful to God for a time and did come through and out of the land of, of Egypt. They went through the Red Sea. They, they started going into the promised land. That same generation, what we see is they did harden their hearts. They had their time of testing in the wilderness. What did they choose to do with that time of testing? I believe in many ways that we are called to look on uh, our own lives as a, a time of testing and the different tests that we have to endure. Now, specifically, I think, of, of course, we can see that, you know, we are going through a time of testing right now. But let's be honest, whenever this time of testing is over, there, there will be more in the future. This is just one of several times of testings that we have. So let's learn from their mistakes here. We see their mistakes was they hardened their hearts. They didn't listen to the word of God. They didn't hear his voice. Are you listening to the voice of God? That's the call that he's asked. Because we do see that God can get angry. God does get angry. He did get angry in verse 10 with this generation. He got angry with this generation so much so that he said that they will never enter his rest. If you want more information about his rest, we'll pick that up next video in uh, chapter four of Hebrews. He's going to get into it all about this, this rest that we have. But he is saying that they shall never enter my rest. So for right now, let's just recognize resting in God is very important. 
What does it mean to not be able to rest in God? To not be at rest? Well, that's what this generation is. And, you know, sometimes people uh, kind of go back and forth about, you know, what really does that mean that they couldn't enter into his rest? Some people think it meant only in this life, you know, only in the sense that they weren't able to rest in the land. They weren't able to have that peace that God calls them to have. And most certainly from the text, we see that that is the case. But other people have perhaps mentioned that, you know, maybe it's also not just in this age, but in the age to come, in the next life, in, in the, in the uh, afterlife, so to speak, that in that life, they are not going to be able to ultimately rest with God. And I think there might be some indications even in this verse. See, church, these things that we're looking at, they are very important. They are very serious. We need to, today, hear the voice of God and obey. There's more, though, in this and, and more reasons as to why we should listen and, and what we can learn from this. Next verse. Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 14 now. Now we have a very... A wonderful application for us that we can put into practice immediately. Verse 12, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. So you want to know what we can do today. Well, we do see, you know, what we can learn from it. We should make sure, we should see to it that we don't have this sinful heart, that we don't have an unbelieving heart, that we don't have a heart that's going to turn away from God. Well, what do we do to avoid that? How can we avoid that? Verse 13 gives us a pretty good idea of how we can avoid that. And it says to encourage one another daily, as long as it's still today. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Tomorrow, we can still repeat this same passage, and it will still mean, you know, currently. It just means right now. What are you doing right now? Are we encouraging each other right now, as long as we have this time? Uh, I do believe, as I, I think that many of you believe as well, that, you know, as long as there is breath within our lungs and, and life within us, that we have an opportunity to still make things right with God. If, if it hasn't been up to this point, we still have an opportunity. That's what today is about. It means that we have uh, that moment to be able to make things right with God because God has given us today. And if he chooses to give us tomorrow, then he'll still give us today, but he'll do it tomorrow. That might've been a little confusing, but I think you are following me. Today is just about right here, right now. This is what we need to be doing, encouraging one another every single day. Uh, as we look at these next verses here, we're going to finish out this chapter, verses 15 through 19. So he, I'm going to read verse 14 again, so I'm going to back up. You won't see it on the screen, but I'm going to back up to verse 14. We have come to share uh, in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter 
because of their unbelief. And once again, here, I think in these verses, we see that there's even more of an indication that perhaps uh, God is not talking about just the things in this life and just entering into the rest, you know, just failing to enter into the rest of this life. But it does kind of seem like he's he's talking about entering into the rest you know, permanently and kind of, you know, in the age that is to come. But here here we get this complete definition as to who these people are, who they were. They were the ones who came out of Egypt. They were the one who saw all of these great miracles that God brought them through and, and out of the land of Egypt. But what did they do? They rebelled. They still hardened their hearts. They allowed it to be, you know, just like Pharaoh and just like Pharaoh's men. They hardened their hearts and they did not enter the rest of God. That rest of God is beautiful. It's a sweet thing. It's a wonderful thing. And it's what we'll pick up with in the next chapter and in the next video. Uh, but for now, just know that this rest is powerful. This rest is important. And this rest is something that God promises to us, to us who will believe, who will listen to the voice of God and obey it. I have one final thing I want to share with you, though. Now, I've been telling you this quotation comes from Psalm 95. And if you look at this on the screen, uh, we see this this column that's right above uh, the, the video of me right here. Uh, we see that, that that's what's been quoted. That's the passage that the Hebrew writer has been mentioning. However, I think the first part of this chapter is also a wonderful uh, piece of scripture for us to rest on and for us to, to recognize the importance of God. So I, I guess this might kind of focus our minds and allow us to realize what does it mean to hear the voice of God and how great the voice of God is. So let's think about those things just for a few moments as, as we read Psalm 95. Verse 1, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods, and in his hand are the depths of the earth. And the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. That's the call that he's been asking us. This is the God that we need to listen to. This is the voice that cries out to us, the one that provides for us, the one that is the creator, the maker and sustainer of all things. This is our God. Let's listen to his call. As always, if you want to stay connected to me and, and also to the church here in these different ways, here's some different ways in which you can do that. Thank you very much for your attention, and I'll see you in the next video.